the stars are right, and that means it's time for another episode of The Whisper in Darkness. I'm your host, The Man from Lang. Thank you very much for joining me today. On this episode, we are continuing with our look at the player cards in the Dunwich Legacy Investigator expansion for the benefit of new players. This is part four of our look at the Survivor cards. We are going to discuss Survival Instinct Level 2, Aquina Level 3, Scrapper Level 3, and Try and Try Again Level 3. There are spoilers throughout if you care about that sort of thing. If you enjoy what you hear, remember to like, comment, and subscribe. Just a quick reminder of how we rate cards here on The Whisper in Darkness. The best of the best get an Elder Sign, while the worst of the worst get an Auto Fail, and the cards in between get a plus one, zero, or Elder Thing respectively. Cards that you build around or are good in one particular deck get a Bless Token, while cards that we believe are destined to end up on the list of taboos or bad for the game get a Curse Token. Before we get started, I'd like to thank the patrons of this channel for their tremendous support. The Arkham Horror LCG community is amazing, and these people have gone above and beyond to bring you content like these player card reviews. If you'd like to support the channel's goals and see your name on this list, head over to patreon.com, sign up for a tier of your choice, and claim your rewards. Special thanks to Cole Monroe Chitty for the amazing art that graces the channel, Nicole Fiscus for the new Whisper in Darkness logo that I use for the podcast, and Nate Lost in Time and Space for the intro as well as the overlays. Thank you very much, I couldn't do it without you. Without further ado, let's get started. Welcome back everyone to our reviews of the player cards in the Dunwich Legacy Investigator expansion for the benefit of new players. This is uh, part four of our look at the survivor cards. We're going to start off with a skill. This is Survival Instinct Level 2. Two agility skill icons, innate and developed trait. If this test is successful during an evasion attempt, the evading investigator may immediately evade each other enemy engaged with him or her and may move to a connecting location. The level zero version let you disengage from the enemies but not evade them. So if you happen to have hunters, uh, they were going to uh, chase you. But uh, the amount of action advantage that this card can generate is... Uh, is pretty good and it has two agility skill icons to boot. What do you guys think about this one? Yeah, I think this card's pretty good. Even the floor of this card is still pretty good. Evade an enemy and move. That's yeah. that is a good effect in and of itself. The fact that it has two icons is really nice. But in addition, you can also evade every other enemy at the location. Mm, that is pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah, compare this to um cunning distraction from the core like this kind of does a similar effect but at zero cost and uh it's pretty nice yeah in fact this is one of the few cards that i would even suggest upgrading manual dexterity into because i think just the the move alone is quite worth it and the fact that this could bail you out of situations that will just end the game because that's often how the game that's often how how that's often how you can like lose the game in uh in like solo and two-player am i right where like you just get swarmed by enemies and you can't deal with them all mm -hmm. so survival instinct is you know got your back yeah yeah especially in those evasion type decks where you're not permanently dealing with the enemies you know yeah. like having survival instinct in your back pocket can quite literally save your life yeah this, this card's pretty good yeah, we've, we've mentioned uh, the level zero version of Survival Instinct as well as this version in a, in a couple of other reviews of cards that try to do something similar but end up costing you actions and resources to play when you can upgrade to this and basically do the same thing without having to uh, 
to take actions and spend resources. Uh, the obvious target for this is is Wendy because she does uh, she does do a, you can build a dodge tank Wendy. Agnes also could uh, make pretty good use of this if you're playing evasion. Uh, Agnes, even Ashcan could uh, could get some use out of this if if he happens to encounter too many enemies for Duke to handle. This gets you out of that uh, that situation, and uh, yeah, I don't really have uh, much uh, bad things to say about it. I mean, the the one difference I should note between this card and the level zero card is the level zero card disengages, so it doesn't work with cards like pickpocketing, which could draw you a card off the evasion. This one does, so some uh, it improves the uh, the synergy with some of the other uh, cards in the uh, in the card pool. How would we rate this one? I think this one's almost elder sign territory. But I'm going to land on plus one because there are times where sometimes you just draw that auto fail and you're sort of relying on this card to do its job and then yikes. But, you know, barring those circumstances, this is a really nice upgrade for a lot of investigators that can take it. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd also give this a plus one. Um, The tech that it provides two to your evade test and just bails you out. I also really appreciate that when you are getting swarmed, you can pick the lowest evade enemy engage with you evade that and evade everything level zero survival instinct doesn't quite do that for you because if you're using level zero survival instinct you kind of need to evade a hunter in order to really you know get you out of trouble but this you can just take the lowest evade thing and end up evading everything which kind of almost like it's almost kind of like boosting that evade test by another one or two even yeah because you get to pick your difficulty yeah this is a plus one this is really good yeah and uh many enemies tend to have slightly lower evade values than they do fight values so you're going to get a little bit of an extra boost by being able to pick the the easiest enemy to evade that will make evading it doesn't matter if there's a an enemy that has six evade at your location as long as there is one with two you're uh you're good to yep. go. I'd give this one a plus one as well. It's it's very solid. Not really much uh, much wrong with it. I mean, you you get to evade one em- enemy, then you get to evade the rest, and you get a move on top of that. Like this is the card you're you should be playing instead of bait and switch and and fire extinguisher and all those other cards that have evasion like effects on them. This is a, a much better answer for uh, for many an investigator. That brings us to Aquina level three, four cost asset with a willpower and agility skill icon ally trait. As a response, when an enemy attacks you, exhaust Aquina and deal one horror to her. Deal that enemy's damage to an enemy at your location or to any enemy at your location instead. You still take the horror dealt by this attack. She has one health and four sanity and takes up an ally slot. Aquina level 3 was originally released uh, back in the Lost in Time and Space Mythos pack and uh, has since been reprinted in the revised core. Uh, we did uh, talk about her during our review of the uh, the revised core. I think the biggest change between that set and this set is the release of Peter Sylvester, both the level 0 version and the level 2 version. Basically, relegates Aquina to the binder, unfortunately. Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just play Peter instead. He's just he's just gonna do everything for you. You know? He's gonna make you breakfast. He's gonna drive you to 
He's going to drive you to your night class. He's going to pick you up from work. He's going to he's even going to bring you McDonald's when you're like hungry at like 11:30 at night. Peter Sylvester is your boyfriend. He's got those has... chicken tendies for you, so you're good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's even like just within revised core, she wasn't that great. You know, like the the ally choices I think we've mentioned multiple times just aren't great for survivors and now that Peter Sylvester is here, really, I think just sort of exemplifies how not great all the other allies are. Yeah. She's even more XP than Peter Sylvester level two. It's like, oh. And costs more resources. Oh. And deals you horror. Yeah. Peter heals deals. you horror. Yeah. Peter yeah, it's like horror. it's like Pete, Peter is a combo piece and just a really good stat boost, whereas Aquina is like a combo piece that you really need to build around and yeah just never really works out because of yeah. like the way you have to situate the board to get her ability to actually do anything yeah especially with the the two investigators that can take her ashcan pete and wendy this is conditional on them being attacked and yeah that's true neither of them really <laughs> like that so Mm-hmm. Yeah, eh, I I don't see many Ashcan Pete or Wendy decks for that matter that are you know courting attacks from enemies so they or baiting attacks from enemies so uh, Aquina can do her job. I will say in her defense that you can eventually build a deck around her uh, once your card pool expands. I have seen. Um, William York was released in the Path to Carcosa Investigator expansion. He's much tankier than the investigators that are available in Dunwich and the Revised Core and can probably build a deck around her. There is also Daniela down the road in the Edge of the Earth who likes being attacked. And so Aquina, I could see her having a place there. But yeah, in... uh, in revised corn done which poor aquina simply gets uh displaced i'm gonna give her an auto fail unfortunately i just don't think she has a has a role at this stage she might uh i think you you know as your card pool expands she again much like rise to the occasion she could get a bless but uh yeah right now she's pretty no. inconsequential I'd say auto fail even when your card pool expands because you're still sacrificing um, the willpower boost in particular on uh, Peter Sylvester in order to play Aquina in the ally slot and you get to pay more XP and you get to pay more cost for a more niche effect yeah this is this is an auto fail mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and even someone like Yorick has like access to B-Cops and all the nice guardian allies like, yeah I don't know like you you really would have to build your deck on using Aquina and having the enemies at your location, and that's just way too much work. Just kill them dead first. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, Aquina is uh, just a casualty of better allies being released, and uh, you can try to build a deck around her as your card pool expands. I certainly haven't been tempted to do so, I know there are decks over on Arkham DB that that include Aquina, but uh, I have not built one myself, nor have I been really that tempted to play one. So uh, unfortunately, 
Aquina is uh, spending a lot of time in the box. That brings us to Scrapper, the uh, permanent that was released in the uh, Blood on the Altar Mythos pack with all the other uh, permanents. Three cost uh, or three XP asset permanent talent. As a free triggered ability, you can spend a resource, you get plus one combat for this skill test. Or as a free triggered ability, spend one resource, you get plus one agility for this skill test. Uh, this one was added to the list of taboos along with uh, Streetwise and Higher Education. Uh, they only added one XP to this one, uh, unlike some of the others. What do you guys uh, think about this one? I like this card quite a bit. Yeah. There are a good amount of investigators that can use this pretty well, and yeah. being able to boost both of your combat stats is pretty nice, honestly. like It, it seems sort of counterintuitive, I think, initially when you're planning your deck out but as you play the game and it, it certainly when you expand your card pool and you get an investigator like silas for instance really likes this card um there are plenty of investigators that do kind of a bit of both in terms of enemy management like rita can kind of sometimes evade things and and then punch them when she needs to and even someone like ashcan pete yeah. can sometimes like when he's fighting with duke he can spend a couple resources to boost Duke's attack, and then he can evade other things that maybe are just too tanky or something along those lines. Like it's it's a pretty nice upgrade. I've always yeah. been kind of confused about why they added one XP to it. What does adding one XP do? Anyway, it's a taboo. And now it's got to be like, ooh, I'm putting a taboo card. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it does make it a bit more Ooh. edgy. Ooh, yeah, spooky. <laughs> yeah. So one thing I actually really, really like about Scrapper is how it synergizes with Dark Horse. Because, so with Dark Horse, um, you know, it turns off if you have any resources in your pool. So what that means is that if you have ways in your deck of dumping resources for an, for an effect... You can then turn on the dark horse whenever you want, and Scrapper is uh, a good way of doing that because you can be like you end the turn, you end up engaged with something, um, then you take the resource from dark horse, you know, you go into Mythos phase, and then just whenever you make a, a t an attack or a uh, agility test, spend it on Scrapper, get the boost from Scrapper, and then turn on dark horse to get another boost, and then you're sitting pretty, right? You're 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 doing great at that point, so. I think Scrapper's great because like it synergizes with other cards in this box. Yeah, I was also kind of surprised they added an XP to this one. Maybe just because of the permanent. I mean, they sort of recognized that all the permanents were a little OP, at least the three main ones. And so this one sort of... They added an XP because just you know having a permanent boost on the table all the time is is so good that it warranted an extra xp i don't ne necessarily think it's because it adds combat and agility i mean we've already got hard knocks that basically does the same thing it's just not a permanent so maybe it's the permanent part that that they added the xp for yeah this is uh this is very nice it does seem counterintuitive to add both combat and agility, but one of the problems if you, especially if you play Guardian, 
Guardians do like to kill everything, but occasionally you run into that situation where they actually want to evade something instead because it's just not efficient to kill it. And unfortunately for Guardians, most of them have very low agility and don't really have an easy way to boost it. Not so for uh, for a survivor with uh, Scrapper. If Ashcan Pete needs to kill somebody with Duke or Fire Axe, he can do so. This, like you said, Matastrophic will turn on Dark Horse to give even more boosts. But if you do end up in that situation where Retreat is the uh, is the better option, you can pitch some resources to this to to get that evade that you need. So. Uh, it works. Uh, Wendy can also get some value out of this because her combat is is awful and uh, her agility is pretty good. So if you do need to kill a rats, say she can throw a couple resources at this, kill the rats, and then against everything else, she can lock them down and and evade them while the rest of the group carries about their uh, their business. There is a level zero version uh, in the uh, Stella Clark starter deck that uh, loses the uh, the permanent uh, keyword, so you have to to play it the uh, old-fashioned way. Uh, how would we go? How would we rate this one? I think this is a very solid plus one. Man, permanent has to be what the the best keyword in the game, if not the second best yeah. under fast. I mean, permanent <laughs> is so good. Yes, it kind of is. Yeah, I, I'd say plus one as well. Not every deck is going to want to take this, and you are spending it 3 XP for something that doesn't actually do anything until you spend more resources on it. Mm. So, yeah, I'd still, say, I'd still say it's a plus one. I'm also starting to think that one of the downsides with Scrapper is in order to get a lot of use out of it, you gotta have a you got to have a way of generating a bunch of resources, which at this point, Ashcan and Wendy don't really have ways of getting a lot of resources to really leverage Scrapper. In fact, they want to. I mean, thanks to Dark Horse, you probably want to spend down your resources. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's a good yeah. point. We we don't have Madame LeBranche yet. Yeah. So this isn't like um because I remember we rated Streetwise very very highly in Rogue because Rogues already have good ways to get lots of resources. Um, not so for Survivors, so they're not going to be able to leverage Scrapper as well. But still, it's pretty good, and I'd give it a plus one. I'm going to knock it down to a zero simply because I think this is a, a very good card, but not necessarily right now. Uh, like you said, the resources are a bit of a problem. Uh, we don't have Madame Labranche. We don't have Take Heart. We don't have a lot of the ways that survivors rely on, on getting resources. I mean, you can play Emergency Cash as one way, but... Uh, I mean, permanent, that's a, a great keyword. The ability to start with this on the table, very nice. But uh, yeah, the, I think the resource game could be a little tight at, uh, at this point, especially if you are leaning into Dark Horse. You've got Fire Axe that sort of covers the whole combat side of it. So really... You're looking at this, especially like say if you're playing Ashcan and Fire Axe and Duke, you're probably using Duke to kill for one attack, Fire Axe to finish it off. The evasion or the agility boost is nice to have, but not necessarily needed. 
I have bought this for my uh, for my Ashcan Pete decks, and I have been happy to have it. But it's uh, one of those upgrades that I don't necessarily pick up uh, right away. That brings us to the final survivor card in the box. This is Try and Try Again. It's a two-cost asset that costs three XP, two willpower skill icons, talent. As a response, after a skill test is failed, if a skill card you own is committed to that test, exhaust, try and try again. Return that skill card to your hand. What do you guys think about this one? I quite like this card. It's a little slow in the way that it recurs cards. You have to fail skill tests, which is consuming actions, and then you have to commit skill cards. So, like, you're not really getting card advantage, but you're not... You're not losing cards, which is a really nice effect to have on skill cards like Perception and Guts and things like that. Being able to commit those later and get that card draw can be pretty nice. Three XP and two resources means that you have to kind of invest not only time but experience into like actually planning on using this thing. And well, thankfully, this is sort of in lines with what Dark Horse wants to do, I think. Uh, play a bunch of skills and be able to recur them over and over again is really nice so that you don't run out of gas. Um, I think it's pretty good. It's it's nice that it costs two because you can play Dark Horse, play this, and now you've got this kind of little engine going. It's true on turn one. <laughs> so I have to ask, uh, because I think anyone that looks at this card and perhaps has the Stella Clark starter deck is going to think oh, that this will work this. with Take Heart. So I think we'd be remiss to not mention this the does, interaction. This with... does not work with Take Heart or Stella Clark's uh, signature skill, neither Rain nor Snow, because yeah. they trigger in different steps of the uh, skill test resolution. No, I, I wanted to mention that because I don't think that's entirely clear unless you really oh, like delve into the game's <laughs> rules reference. You know, like when you first read it, you're like, "Oh, I failed the skill test. Oh, I failed the skill test. Cool combo." But it, it does not work that way. No, because the card's already back in your hand and its its effect isn't there, like isn't on the table, quote unquote, to, to Yeah, be this this card will point. bounce bounce either take heart or neither rain nor snow back to your hand before it has a chance to resolve in the following step. So mm -hmm. unfortunately that uh, that combo does not uh, work. Okay, so the thing about this card is that okay, so it's three XP and two resources, and it doesn't actually do anything until someone fails a skill test i do like how you can use this on your friends if they fail a skill test you tried to help them you could be like okay fine try and try again you know you can do it yeah so i do kind of appreciate that but three xp is kind of steep for um having to like wait for things to go bad for it to uh to come into play but then again, I think you're right, Nate. If you want to run a very like light asset, low to the you know light asset deck where you have like 12, 14 skill cards, I think this actually works out pretty well because you know it really sucks when you uh, throw some skill cards into a test and you fail it, and then you go, "Well, I gotta try it again," but I just burned my overpower. So this will definitely um, help you there. Mm. Yeah, and it combos nicely with deduction and other skills like that too that have some other sort of supplementary effect. I mean. Yeah. I think this is a pretty suitable upgrade. You know, if yeah. you're not looking into Scrapper or something like that, then maybe this is something you're looking at. Yeah, I can't help but think, even though uh, it's like 
forbidden on the list of taboos how funny this can be with uh double or nothing it's like you you bet everything you go for the gold and then uh you fail and then well at least i'll try to bet everything again later <laughs> <laughs> or use it on all or nothing or something like that if yeah exactly some, some card pool allowed you to do that yeah that'd be funny <laughs> yeah so i wouldn't say it's bad but i wouldn't say it's like incredible either yeah, it's not. I I feel like it's one of those cards that you don't really rely on it, but mm-hmm. it's nice to have because it can kind of not necessarily win you the game, but it keeps it keeps you in the game for longer, so that yeah. you can let your other cards win you the game. I have never purchased this card. I think it's one of these cards that looks really good on paper, and I don't think there is really any worse feeling in this game than committing your say perception to the skill test that you need to pass drawing the auto fail and getting nothing for your perception often it's not necessarily the the icons that are the worst part it's just like the fact you don't get to draw a card to replace your perception either that's a pretty rotten feeling and this card solves that problem i've just sort of don't really need this card i don't want to pay the resources or xp for it for the number of times that it would come in handy i have seen players make a case for this in harder expert where the chaos bag is a lot swingier and committing a skill card isn't necessarily the slam dunk that it is in say standard where if you can go two up before the pull you're in a pretty good spot you know, you might draw a minus four or a tentacle and fail the odd skill test, but generally you should be passing. That's not the case in Harder Expert. So committing, you know, especially a card like Deduction or Vicious Blow or something like that, where you really need that extra clue or you really need that extra damage, this could uh, this could come in handy. I think the biggest problem with this card is the fact that a level one version of this card was released in the Boundary Beyond Mythos pack that will be eventually re-released in the Forgotten Age Investigator expansion whenever that is uh, comes down the road. It's a basically the same card except it only has three charges, which is basically probably how often you're going to use this card in a game. So paying 3 xp for this version for unlimited uses doesn't seem as necessary like i like the 1 xp version a lot more just because i'm paying 1 xp i'm getting an effect that's pretty helpful but not necessarily going to need it all that often if i need it more than 3 times per game the game has probably gone down the toilet anyway at that point so yeah but uh, yeah i've just i uh, this is one of those cards that looks really good on paper to me, and then I've just never, never needed it. Well, in my case, it's because uh, I just never seem to have three XP at the time. When I when I when I look and I say, "Oh, that looks good," oh, but I don't have three XP. <laughs> now, if I was somebody like Nate who draw who drew a, an exorbitant number of uh, auto fails, this card obviously looks pretty spectacular. Yeah, I mean, even still, you're generally right. Like, especially in lower player counts, you're often only taking, like, one, maybe two skills per turn, barring the, like, couple final turns of the game. So, like, yeah, you're really not triggering this 
a lot, per se, but I, I do think that perhaps in, in Dark Horse, where you're sort of relying more on skills and cards that don't cost any experience, like, being able to at least recur something and kind of keep your engine going is nice, because you really just don't have a lot else to spend that experience on. Yeah. You know, if you're not if you're not buying Scrapper, you know, maybe you're looking at Flare, maybe you're looking at Stroke of Luck or Survival Instinct. Obviously, you're looking at Peter Sylvester. You know, like, you've got the experience, and I think, like, having one of these in your deck, you happen to draw it in your opening hand is... It's fine. Yeah, I'm envisioning a deck where you have very few assets, like eight in the deck, and you have like 14 skill cards. Okay, I can see this being pretty good in something like that, where you're committing a skill card to like most, if not all, of your tests and a decent amount of your friends' tests. Yeah. Because that's more opportunities for failure, you know, if you're committing to friends' tests as well. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I can see it working there. Yeah, Yeah, I think that, that deck at least within this card pool, is probably Ash can't Pete. Because I, I don't think he really needs a lot other than Duke to get going. You know, you don't really need something like Magglass, but it's certainly helpful. You don't really need stuff like that, but the skills are always pretty generally useful, and deduction is really handy with Duke, because yeah. you can move into a location, grab two clues. You have try and try again to make sure it essentially goes off, which mm -hmm. is kind of helpful, so... I, I think there is a build where this card is generally useful, and I think it's costed just right resource-wise, but... Mm -hmm. I'm curious to find out how you guys would compare this to uh, Rabbit's Foot from the uh, Revised Core, which basically this gives you your skill back while Rabbit's Foot gives you another card. I think generally Rabbit's Foot is probably easier to trigger, yeah. but... Try and try again is probably a better card because you know exactly what you're getting. And skill cards, I think, are among some of the better cards in the game okay. just because of the level of consistency they add to your deck. Yeah, plus there's the accessory slot issue. Yes, that too. Yeah, that's true. This does not yeah. require one of those few assets in the game that doesn't require a slot, so you're not running afoul of... of um, that uh, slot conflicts also you can run both and they getting two cards is better than getting one card on a failure very true yeah. very true i like the syn i'm suddenly enjoying the synergy with look look what i found where it's like you're continuing to fail forward how would we rate this one i think i'm gonna land on a blessed token i think this is a cool card to build around and i think there is enough in this card pool to let you do that i think between the neutral skills Maybe deduction if you're playing Ash Pete, or you know something like Vicious Blow with Duke. I think that could be pretty good. You know, you've got the slots. Maybe you play like two Vicious Blow, two Deduction, and some other slot, some other good skill. And now you have this like kind of suite of skills that you can recur with Try and Try Again. Yeah, I I was gonna say zero because um three XP is kind of a lot for something that only works on a failure. But I think you're right. I think you can lean into this, uh, especially since we were talking about survival instinct. Because, oh man, failing your survival instinct evasion feels horrible. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and then so you like, have stroke of luck as well. Like you've got all these things kind of like working in yeah. your favor. I th I think it's there. And especially with Dark Horse, like you're kind of boosting yourself up with Dark Horse and then you've got this to kind of bounce your skills back into your hand. Mm -hmm. 
maybe you've also got rabbit's foot and now you're like drawing tons of cards off of your failures and that feels like pretty that. pretty good actually i think yeah i kind of like that yeah i'm sort of like i sort of like this actually yeah let's um yeah let's, let's go for that plus token let's make it happen i'm gonna give this an elder thing i don't like this card i don't like how i would feel if i drew this card because I'm going to have to pay two resources for something that may or may not happen. Yeah, I really hate that feeling when I blow a skill test with the perception, my only perception in my hand, and I'm like, man, I wish I could have that back. But I've been playing enough that I've survived. I've moved on. I've won games even though I've lost my perception to a bad skill test. So this just sort of feels unnecessary a lot of the time but uh, I can see where you're coming from I, I can see I mean it is part of the whole survivor theme of failing forward I just feel like this is one of those that I just don't know how often I would trigger it I guess it, the the two willpower skill icons are nice. If I did draw it late and wasn't like, oh, I don't really want to play this at this point. At least it's got two matching skill icons. Mm. But yeah, this is not a card that I reach for. I think like the way you play this card, I think is more like you're playing Ashcan Pete and you're using cards to reuse Duke. And you have this as a way to kind of recur cards that you can keep discarding to keep using Duke over and over again. So like yeah. you've got like Rabbit's Foot plus this. And you know, maybe you like you just kind of take the random investigate and you either grab the clue or you draw a couple cards and kind of keep your engine going. So I, I think this is more like a card that sort of facilitates a style of play rather than it being sort of this like crux of a strategy, if that makes sense. Yeah. I'm starting to think so because, um, like I had mentioned earlier, I really like, and this doesn't work with the rabbit's foot, being able to use this on your friends. Because if you're committing, if you have a ton of skill cards in your deck and you're committing them to your friend's test, that is more opportunities for the, a failure to happen and for you to use try and try again for the turn. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what's nice is that the neutral skills all kind of like synergize with each other since they all draw cards. Like you can kind of draw and like snowball them, which is yep. cool. Yeah, especially if you're playing what either Wendy or Do or Ashcan Pete, because both of them, their abilities require you to discard cards. So any way to get more cards in your hand is pretty good for both of them. Yeah, keep that momentum going. That's going to do it for our look at the Survivor cards in the Dunwich Legacy Investigator expansion. Let us know in the comments down below what you think of the uh, the Survivor cards that were released. In this uh, expansion, uh, what do you guys think about uh, the Survivor cards as a whole? Man, they've got some really good cards here. And then they've yeah. got some real stinkers. It is... You're right. It is a roller coaster with the Survivor oh, card God. pool. But, I mean, I think this really kind of lays down a lot of the groundwork that we'll see kind of developed over the course of the next few sets. You know, we've got this sort of, like, failing forward archetype with try and try again and oops and all these other things and then we've got peter sylvester who's like he's the homeboy easily kind of the best <laughs> ally in the game i think pretty much but, yeah yeah and then fire axe and dark horse i mean those are great cards and continue to be great 
Yeah. And, I'm really yeah. Gra- glad Dark Horse is in this box because it's like a playstyle all to itself. I think it's one I think Dark Horse is one of the coolest cards in the game because it's like you look at it and go like, Okay, I'm gonna make a Dark Horse deck, you know? Yeah. And, yeah, it's yeah so I great. think yeah, Dark Horse <laughs> is great for that reason. Like it, it I think it gives newer players a, an easy focal point to kind of yeah. like direct some of their initial deck building around. And kind of like yeah. teach them how the game works. And I really like cards that do that to kind of mm-hmm. teach you how the game works by playing them. Yeah. And I also like how um, we, it looks like we have a couple cards in the survivor pool, uh, mainly survival instincts, but also things like flare that like bail and also try and try again to a lesser extent, which are, like just bail you out of bad situations, you know, and then you've got like stroke of luck, same thing. You It bails you out of a bad situation by letting you, pass a skill test you had no business taking you know yeah so we've got like we got like the fail forward but we've also got the pulling it out of the fire you know and then we've got so that's like thematic right there right mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> you survive it is uh, interesting to compare the survivor card pool to the uh the mystic one where mystic sort of got a smattering of a whole bunch of stuff that never really coalesced into a a deck the survivors get a very clear path here with dark horse i would have been really curious back in the day had aquina level three been replaced in the uh this cycle by madame labranche i wonder how uh whether dark horse would have just become too good at that point because that solves their ally problem as well and gives them a resource and a card like madame labranche is is such sort of a linchpin to dark horse decks because she can give you a resource if you don't have one and a card if you don't have one as a free triggered ability no less that uh it might have just pushed the uh the dark horse build over the top at this point of the game i think it would have actually been at the point where like anybody who could take the Dark Horse LeBranche combo might have actually done it. I'm talking like Jenny and Jim and Rex and Zoe. <laughs> like everyone who could might have actually gone for it. If that were the case. Yeah. Cause I don't I can't think of many other cards that Dark Horse is missing besides her. Sort of they get everything in this in this package. So uh yeah, the man, they it is a roller coaster, like you said, Nate. Uh our the first uh the first bunch of survivor cards were uh, were a real powerhouse, and then after that, sort of a lot of niche effects, some just outright bad effects. But I think over the course of the card game, you know, survivor I think gets a lot a lot more good cards than bad cards uh, yeah. overall, and I think we see that here. That's going to do it for this episode. If you enjoyed what you hear, remember to like, comment, and subscribe. If you need to contact me, I can be reached at manfromlang at gmail.com. I'm also on Twitter at manfromlang. Until the stars are right, keep your shotgun close and your elder sign closer. Take care out there, and happy investigating.